0: What is up, Dolph fans, and welcome into the Friday, February the 7th edition of the Locked On Dolphins podcast. I am your host, Travis Winkfield, and for one more day, I am here to bring you your daily dose of Miami Dolphins football. And on today's show, as you probably saw on Twitter, this is our last ride together, at least on this platform. So we'll make a slight departure from our normal show and relive the glow-up, as it were. So for the last time. I kindly invite each and every one of you to subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts. Leave the show a rating. Leave the show a review. Give me a follow on Twitter. It's at Voted the number one follow on Dolphins Twitter, by Dolphins Twitter. Check out the show at Locked LockedOnFins. And of course, LockedOnDolphins.com. Our team of writers have been tremendous for the last several years. And with that, let's go ahead and jump in to our final podcast. podcast. So I mentioned a slight departure off the top of the show. We are not going to get into the mailbag or any dolphin-specific topics today, except for this one. Xavier Howard had his charges dropped that were brought against him by his fiance. Now the league can still investigate and issue a punishment. So we'll see what comes from that. Typically, this results in a couple of game suspensions. So Howard not off the hook yet, but he will not face any criminal charges. Okay, you guys ready for this? I wrote up a big, long speech, I suppose, to put out here on the podcast because there are many people to thank. And there is another gig in the football industry, and it will be covering the Miami Dolphins, so don't fret. You'll still have the person in charge of Locked On Dolphins. It just won't be on this platform anymore, so stay tuned for that. But I wanted to just kind of go over my career to this point and what these certain moments and the big landmark moments and just kind of describe to you guys how it got to be to this point. Because where Locked On Dolphins was when I started and where it came to be now, it was going to take a lot to get me to leave Locked On Dolphins, and that's what's happened. So let's just go back to when it all started. I was 16 years old when I first decided to write for a blog, and I want to say it was called The sider but I don't think it was that sider but maybe it was either way. I recall my first story I ever wrote on the Miami Dolphins, and it was back at a time when running backs were really more about one guy, one workhorse that carried the load for the entire team, and the Dolphins had gotten Ricky Williams back in addition to the second overall pick in the draft, Ronnie Brown, and my first article I ever wrote was titled, Are Two Backs Better Than One? Like, I can't tell you any other article I wrote for that site, or even like the Perfectville site, but I can remember that article because I spent weeks poring over that, making sure my grammar was good, which It definitely was not because I was 16 years old, but I'll never forget that first opportunity and how like over the moon, overjoyed I was by seeing my name in the byline at 16 years old. And now here we are 16 years later, age 32, and things have come a long way. In between that time, I started plenty of my own blogs, my own websites. I had one called Touchdowns and Breakdowns what a horrible name that was that was about sports gambling or football gambling i should say to thirdand10.com which was really my baby before the locked on dolphins podcast but that came after I left the Welcome to Perfectville brand, and that was the one that really sparked the idea, or re-sparked, I should say, a career in sports writing, was with those guys at Perfectville. Sam Marcoux and Chris Cullen, two of my longtime buddies, had a chance to meet Sam at the 2016 Seahawks game. Still haven't met Chris, hope that I will one day, maybe at Zach Thomas's Hall of Fame induction. Let's put that on the notebook, or on the calendar, rather, there, Chris. But Sam started off that podcast and also wanted to add a blog portion, so he asked me to do Do it. And since I'm a full blown psychopath with serial killer tendencies when it comes to my passion and dedication for this Dolphins football team, I was flooding those guys with four or five articles a week, probably even overstepped my bounds saying, hey, you guys should talk about this on the podcast because I was so intrigued by the idea of football podcast and that was the first podcast even before the Joe Rogan experience that I had ever listened to so finally in the middle of that I had the idea to start my own sister podcast and recruited Kevin Dern as my co-host for the finalysis podcast and I think that's still on Apple podcast if you guys want to go back and listen but let me warn you We absolutely sucked. We were horrible at first, like so, so bad, unlistenable, trying to put sound drops in and never having the timing right having just awkward conversational skills where it was like yeah i agree and there's like no good transitions or segues, bad audio but we did get better as time went along even though we only did like 25 episodes or so or so once a week sometimes twice a week we developed a skill set and a relationship there and kevin and i now text almost every single day And Kevin will always tell you that I was the only person to blame for the success of Locked On Dolphins. But really, Kevin was the original guy that was right there with me alongside. So, Kevin, the most thanks to you, my friend. We were ride or die buddies for the longest time, message board buddies. And I can't wait to go to more Dolphins games with you and hang out more. We finally had our first meetup back in December for the Bengals game. Had a great time. Can't wait to do that again. But after the analysis podcast came to an end, I built out the website 3rd and 10, where I looked at every single quarterback rep from 2016, and this was kind of the birth of, I guess, Wingfield NFL, because the, entire, the premise of the website was because, one, I wanted to get more knowledge about quarterback play, and I remember watching those games on tape, and after watching all 16 games, the idea you get about the team when you do that, it's like almost like osmosis in a way. Like I had a good idea about those teams and my quarterback predictions really grew from that because when you go ahead and evaluate every snap with some kind of idea about what you're looking at, then you can really develop that knowledge. It's There's no shortcuts in this industry. And that's the thing that I really learned from that project was looking at every single rep and judging those guys against each other. And that was such an investment. I had about $1,000 sunk into that investment to build the website, about three months worth of work. And the first day it launched, we had over 5,000, or I, it was was just me, like Quentin Tarantino says, I did it. We had 5,000 page views on that first day, but we never came close to getting back to that. So it didn't really work out in that way. But what it did do, in addition to me and Kev getting better on the podcast was it got us noticed by David Locke. And that's when David Locke reached out to me via a tweet that I put about starting a new podcast with Kevin. And Locke reached out to me in a tweet individually and said, would you be interested in another podcast? Go ahead and DM me. So I did. We exchanged phone numbers. And he asked me what my project was about, and I told him, you know, an analysis on the Miami Dolphins from X's and O's standpoint, and he thought that sounded great, even though that's not really the locked-on platform, and Kev at the time was working a full-time job and couldn't commit to a full-time podcast, and I'll forever be grateful to him for allowing me to pursue this on my own. And I'll never forget that phone call from Locke at first, man. I was at my gym and it was a gorgeous Pacific Northwest day out here. I went out to the parking lot to talk to him so he didn't have to hear grunting and weights dropping. And I'll never forget him saying, quote, I won't be able to pay for you to quit your job, but I'll buy you a nice weekend getaway one time per year. To me, that was everything. Getting paid to do a Dolphins podcast. Are you kidding me? And I was thrilled when that first check for $18.27 arrived in my mailbox That was the moment I realized that my growth potential was entirely up to me and how hard I worked. And when you're putting in that 24-7 grind, it's important to stay on top of your mental health. And that's why I want to talk to you guys not about a physical fitness app, but the other side of the game that's just as important. I'm talking about mental fitness Calm, the number one app for sleep and meditation, has teamed up with LeBron James to help you train your mind. LeBron and Calm know that your mind is like any other muscle in the body, and Calm can help you train your brain so you sleep better, have less stress, and perform at your very best. For LeBron James, sleep is an important part of his mental fitness routine. He says, getting good sleep and finding time to rest is one of the most valuable things I can do for my body and mind. And if you head to calm.com slash locked on, you'll get 40% off a Calm premium membership. With Calm, you have access to the nature scenes LeBron loves, like rain on leaves, ocean waves crashing, and so much more. For a limited time, our listeners can join LeBron in using Calm with a 40% discount to an annual membership at calm.com slash locked on. That's cal mcom com slash locked on. Unlock content to help you focus, ease stress, and sleep better. Get started at calm.com slash locked on. That's calm.com slash locked on. On the topic of thanks, I'd have to say thank you to Coheed for sponsoring the podcast with their music and I know a lot of you guys are newer listeners to the podcast because not everybody was back with me when I only did like 37 downloads an episode. I know who you are in all seriousness. I remember back to those days when I was just trying to get my name out there and I'll never forget my first like big interaction, or what's the word I'm looking for, confrontation that I had, and it was with the Dolphins player, and with a guy who right now might be the Dolphins' best player, Devontae Parker, and you guys know I wasn't a big fan of his pretty much up until this season when he balled out and just proved me wrong in every which way imaginable, but I'll never forget that first tweet. I had like 300 followers at the time, and I said something about Devontae with a picture he took at the beach with his shirt off, and he was looking a little bit extra around the waist. And I said, man, a football player that can't keep himself in shape. I'll be surprised if Devante's here in X amount of years. And Devante replied to that, which he should have and said, what, I'm supposed to have an eight pack. F off somewhere. And that was the extent of that tweet. And then a bunch of Dolphins fans piled on and called me a nobody saying this dude has no idea what he's talking about. And a bunch of fans out here trying to make their statement or make their point. And it was always interesting to me. And that was a a learning moment for me because I didn't want that kind of smoke. I was being a little... A little bit of a butthead, and I learned that lesson the slow and the hard way because I would do it by trying to correct some of the big-time guys, some of the beat writers, some of the national writers, which I later learned was so stupid to do because it never accomplishes anything for anybody. And if you're trying to make it in this industry, crapping on the guys that are ahead of you that have the jobs in the industry is the worst way to do it. So. Well, I went back to the same game plan of working, working, and working some more. At first, I was working a real job at a restoration company and things weren't going well there to say the least. I'll leave the details out on that, but eventually we parted ways and I dove even deeper into the podcast. And then just a couple months later, I got a new job as a staffing agency manager, but my mind was always on Locked On Dolphins. I had one singular focus In my mind, I would spend my lunch breaks breaking down all 22, writing articles, putting together my show notes, and, if we're being honest, I was writing articles after lunch, during the dead part of the day, too, and one of the worst moments of my life really was when I surprisingly found out that I was let go from that job. Came out of nowhere, no notice, just like three or four months after I had taken the job, they changed management at the regional level and the new regional manager put her daughter in my position and just threw me out into the cold. And that was a defining moment in my life. And for me and my wife, nice rhyme, She obviously didn't want me to work for $50 a month and a paycheck, which is about what it was at that time after the first few months on the podcast. And certainly I didn't want that either, but I also didn't want to go back into a dead end job pushing paper where I knew I would hate my life for 40 hours a week. So I spent every waking moment I could learning about the finer points of the game, producing Dolphins content on all platforms, and trying to provide the fans with a different perspective than the ones they had gotten from The Beat or even the other podcast out there. I wanted to be the voice of the Dolphins, the voice of the Dolphins fan. That was always, always my goal because this team, from the time I could pretty much walk, consumed my thoughts. And I'll admit at first, I was a bigger baseball fan in the 90s because, one, baseball was popular in the 90s, I think more so than the NFL. And two, I grew up in the Pacific Northwest when the Mariners were king in the 90s with Ken Griffey Jr., Randy Johnson, Alex Rodriguez, Jay Buhner, Edgar Martinez. They broke the home run record in baseball in 1997 when only... The only thing anybody cared about was home runs. So I was a baseball nut. Every single night, I would watch the Mariners and imitate Griffey's little wiggle in the left-handed batter's box when he hit. So I was a bigger Mariners fan at first. But then as time went along, I started to really get attached to football. And it was the Miami Dolphins because they were always on Monday night football, seemed like every single week. And they were the one team outside of the Seahawks who were terrible that I could watch on almost a weekly basis. And Dan Marino did not hurt either. And neither did Lamar Smith, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar before him and then Ricky Williams and that was when I was all in on the Dolphins so early it wasn't my first love but it was my last love and I had the whiteboard in my room from the age like 12 on I remember when the Dolphins made the playoffs in that 99 season drawing up the bracket and predicting the games and going to my mom and saying mom look the Dolphins are going to win the Super Bowl I I found out how they're going to win the Super Bowl and like That's just been who I've always been. Like I'll be in the car with my wife now and I'll say, hey, write this down. Here's an idea for the podcast. It's always on my mind. And I think the way it consumed my mind constantly is something that you kind of have to have to do a daily podcast because you guys know this. In July, I was stretching for content, just basically going back to old school games or previewing or going back to previous year's film. It's tough to do unless it's all you care about and all you think about. And that was me. So I spent all that time trying to get smarter about the game smarter about this team and there were so many disappointments along the way like I was in the running for an assistant job alongside Andy Benoit of Sports Illustrated where he had us charting certain plays or looking for tendencies on these play charts that he created and I got to the finals but didn't get it and I was gut-wrenched when that happened I was actually at a Washington State Cougars go Cougs Practice that day, and I found out that I didn't get it, and like I didn't want to watch football anymore because I was kicked in the nuts. I had to drive home three hours that night, and it was a very sad, quiet car ride. I also was about to replace Antoine Staley at the Dolphins Wire, and I thought that job was mine, but then they went in another direction, and that one was really hard to stomach because I felt like I was getting very close to actually being attached to the Dolphins and getting those credentials on a weekly basis, and maybe could move to South Florida because of that job. They then hired Kyle Krabs, who does a great job with that website, so no love lost there, but I was I was absolutely gutted when that happened. And there were so many times when the Locked On Dolphins website, the writing website, was Was flirting with big partnerships and it just never materialized. It was always like on the precipice. It felt like I was always on the one yard line for a solid eighteen months or maybe even two years. But as time went on, I continued the grind and the podcast grew. Like I think that those moments helped me develop a stronger character and a stronger resiliency against disappointment. And I think it helped develop who I am now at this stage of Locked On Dolphins. And one of the best moments was the best Dolphins Twitter follow bracket. And I think that was 2018 and it had to be in March because it was coinciding with the actual NCAA basketball tournament and that's where the intro from the show comes from and they want us on locked on to tell you who we are because they want us to act as if every listener is listening for the first time and so that's why we're supposed to give you our credentials to why you should listen to us so i'm not just bragging on myself in that intro that's a mandate from the company and my best really claim to fame that i can put out there that the dolphins fans voted me the best follow so that was a big moment i think i topped that neil goofball in the first round then the finsider guy simon and eventually ck both those guys from three yards per carry and That was a big moment for me because it affirmed to me that I could actually do this. I could be the voice of the Dolphins fan base. So again, I worked harder. Everything led to harder work. Like once things, I love the Lamar Jackson quote, like, oh, you won the MVP. Nobody cares. Work harder. And then the radio stations started to hit me up for parts, and I couldn't believe that at first. Like They want me to do sports talk radio. I grew up on sports talk radio with my dad when he was still in the picture, and then again when I lived in Seattle listening to all the shows up there, and I still have the recording of my first appearance, and I remember sweating profusely through my shirt as I was pacing around my house doing that interview, and now that I've done like easily over 100 radio spots, it's funny to think about how nervous I was, but Zach Duarte and Rashad Butler, The guys from 790 and 560, my spot with Channing Crowder, all those guys were really, really helpful in getting me radio exposure and radio experience. And Channing, when he told me that I knew football, that was everything to me, man, because Channing Crowder was such a cerebral linebacker. And for him to say that about me really, again, affirmed that knowledge. And I'm the kind of guy that I like confirmation. I like some validation in my life. I won't lie about that. Can be a little bit insecure. And so to hear that, that was fantastic. And then there was the Omar Kelly beef that brought in a ton of new followers because I just wasn't that recognizable yet. But then once he started going back and forth with me, it led people to my timeline to the podcast. And I picked up so many followers because whether you love or hate Omar, he has a big following. And when he interacts, it's going to get you noticed. I think I went from like 1,500 followers to 3,000 in like a week's time from that. Then Joe Shad of the Palm Beach Post followed me. And that was incredible as well. I can't tell you how excited that actually made me. And boy, I tell you the nerves of going into that first podcast, because I reached out to him and he finally agreed to do a podcast. I think it was the end of 2017. And the nerves going into that podcast, it was like talking to one of your heroes, because I always admired Joe Shad from his time at ESPN. And then of course, back now with the Dolphins. And it's funny to think about that because now Joe and I are tight. Like we went to What's that place on Hollywood Boulevard, Margaritaville, the Jimmy Buffett spot, and had beers and wings together? Like, that's how tight we are these days. And frankly, the entire Dolphins beat and I are like that. And I know a lot of those guys maybe rub some of you the wrong way, but you just got to know they're trying to do a job, man. And they are, for the most part, all really great guys. I remember tweeting out about losing out on the Dolphins Wire job, and I didn't say it specifically because I didn't want to put out whoever got the job in front of me, but I remember tweeting out about it and Safid Dean from the Sun Sentinel, who I didn't have a relationship with at that point, reached out and said, hey man, call me when you get a chance. And I called him and he talked me through it saying like, this is what happens. You're going to you're going to get disappointments, but eventually if you keep working the way you do, it's going to happen for you. He coached me up and just really gave me encouragement. And again, you have to have those critical moments that push you over the top. And to me, that was one of them. And every time I go to South Florida now, Safed is the first one that organizes a meetup for me among the beat writers. So Safed, you're the man brother. I appreciate you so much. And the same goes of Cam Wolf of ESPN when I was down there for the Bengals game we got to play some pool watch the Patriots and Bills game on that Saturday night and talk some mess that was just a blast of a time with him and his wife and his wife and my wife actually kind of hit it off that night so that was a lot of fun but beat writers they can be a little bit of a click in terms of not letting new guys in but I never felt that way they always embraced me and the biggest one the biggest moment from a beat writer was Adam Beasley retweeting one of my I said something about breaking a record for months downloads or fall Followers or something and he quote retweeted that and said this kid's a star and that was a surreal moment too because Beasley's the man Beasley, Barry Jackson, Perk, Alan Pupar, Andy Cohen of MiamiDolphins.com all great guys so grateful for their accepting nature and coaching me through my first training camp and I'll talk about that training camp as well as say a big thank you to all you guys next here on the Locked On Dolphins podcast at Wingfield NFL at Locked On Fins The Joe Shad interview was certainly stressful, but another big one that was equally stressful was a couple summers ago. I think it was the summer of 2018 was interviewing Jeff Darlington and he gave me his ESPN email address and I reached out to him and he was more than happy, more than gracious to come on the podcast. And again, another huge moment was such a great sport and a great interview. And I would give him my pre-show notes. He's like, nah, let's just go ahead and do it, man. Let's just chat like buddies. And we did. And it felt that way. Instantly, he praised my skill set off air after he recorded. And again, how special was that to see one of the guys that I idolized most in this industry tell me that I was doing a good job? It meant everything to me. Then I later ran into Jeff at the press box at Hard Rock Stadium at the Miami Miracle Game, and he said, quote, it's about time they got you credentialed, end quote. That made my entire day. So just... These guys have been so helpful and supportive of guy of you know bringing me up into the industry, and one day I hope I can do the same for some aspiring journalist as well. And of course, a huge shout out to the guy that got me into the press box, Scott Stone of the Miami Dolphins. He's been working with the team since I was in diapers probably, or maybe before I was even born, and he really helped get that process started. So Scott, thank you for that. At training camp, Matt Taylor, he credentialed me, and that was the ultimate turning point in my career podcasting and writing career. So again, Matt Taylor, thank you so much, dude. And that was when I went to my, in my opinion, went from an aspiring podcaster and blogger to a full-blown professional. And that was when my paychecks finally, finally, after a couple of years, started to surpass my paychecks from the staffing agency and the restoration company. I then got my ugly mug on ESPN because I stood next to Josh Rosen during his media availability and they ran that on ESPN. Got to ask Brian Flores some questions and the fact that he appreciated my questions, that felt good. And it soon went from surreal to believing that I belonged after getting my feet wet. The Dolphins hooked me up with an exclusive interview with Devon Godshaw, and he and I became buddies to the point where we DM. We're on a first name basis. Devon's one of my favorite guys. Extend that man, by the way. And when it stopped being surreal to be around the players, that was when I kind of knew that stuff was going to get real for me. And I was thinking about moving to South Florida, regardless of what the next opportunity was, because the podcast was doing so well that maybe I could justify supporting myself and my family on the podcast's income down there. And that's where I want to go ahead and give the thanks to David Locke, the creator, the owner of the Locked On Podcast Network, just Every imaginable skill that you could develop in this industry, he thought of it, he gave us coaches, he gave us tips, he gave us quality control. It's just, I can't say enough about what that guy's created. And he's going to be a multi-millionaire here anytime because the podcast network has taken off and he deserves it because he worked his ass off to get us in this position to where locked on now has funding and it has a full, a, a full fledged sales staff and every single podcast for every team in the major sports covered. Like they're going to, the sky is the limit for locked on and I could not be happier for them. And I also want to extend the same gratitudes to Carl Weinstein, the COO. He was a big fan of mine from the start. He helped me get locked on doll. Dolphins.com built up and to where it was the biggest in the entire network, and he just he championed me so many times and tried to get me more work with Locked On. It didn't quite work out, but he was always thinking of ways to get me more involved. So Carl, I can't say how grateful I am for you in my professional life as well. To my writers at Locked On Dolphins.com, Kevin, Jason, Gabe, Oliver, Sean, Andrew, Chris, you guys. When I was either at school or couldn't get to the website during some of the biggest news breaks, you guys were always there to get things straightened out. And I always enjoy conversing with you guys in the GroupMe app. So a big, big thank you to you. And the listeners, you guys, all the support, all the Twitter engagements. The last mailbag we did had like 120 questions. The promotion of the podcast to retweet and tell your friends. The in-person meetups. When I went to South Florida, I got recognized by like 10 different people. And that was just so surreal to me. There was one time my brother and I were down there back in November... And we went to Bo Campers in Plantation right by our hotel there. And some guy walked out of the restroom with a Dolphins jersey. And I almost never say things to strangers because most of the times when I would say things out here in Washington to a person wearing a Dolphins jacket or something, I'd say fins up and they would look at me like I just spoke Spanish to them. So I learned or was conditioned to not really say things to random fans. But because I was jazzed up after that first win, had a couple of beers in me, I said, hey, man, fins up. And he goes, you're Travis. And I was like, yeah, I'm Travis. I, like, that's so crazy that you know me. So the fan support, again, to go back to my earlier point about, I like the validation, man, it means a lot to me. And so for you guys to continue to do that, it was just, it's it's so surreal. And like, it almost gets me emotional here on the podcast and all you guys thanking me on the tweet on Thursday about leaving the lockdown dolphins podcast and the lockdown network. Just I, like, you can tell I'm struggling to find the words, just thank you from the bottom of my heart. I, I really am the luckiest person in the world. And honestly, that really started in earnest when I met my wife, because when I met her, for the most part, I was working in an insurance company that I didn't want to be at. I was mostly a directionless underachiever, and she didn't know that because I had a fancy financial portfolio job. But to be honest, I was underachieving in my opinion. And she supported me through throughout everything, just relentlessly supported me. She questioned it sometimes because why wouldn't a wife when you're telling her your podcast is going to pay the bills? I get that, but still, she did her best to help me get through those tough times and and overcome those obstacles and developed Locked On Dolphins into what it became. And we would go for these walks in the summertime, and that was when I was building 3rd and 10, and you could just tell that she was annoyed by the fact that I was working on a website that wasn't bringing any money, but she still supported me and kept encouraging me, and it meant seriously everything. And lastly, to the detractors. Thank you all. You helped encourage me to work even harder to recognize my faults and to encourage me to beat the competition. Because again, all I ever wanted to be was the go-to guy for Miami Dolphins information. And we are lucky as fans to have so many good avenues out there. I know that competition and the nature by which I wanted to be the best rubbed plenty of folks the wrong way, and I don't blame you for that. And it even soured some relationships like the ones that I had with the guys, for instance, from three yards per carry. And so I'll talk about them. I have to say, Chris Kaufman, CK Parrott on Twitter, you guys all know who he is. He did the podcast. In fact, all three of the guys did the podcast at one time or another. But CK was one of the people that even though he didn't know it, he mentored me. I first signed up for the finheaven.com message board back in 2005. I'll never forget it. My first name was I Bleed aqua forever or something like that. And I was 2005, my senior year in the computer lab. And Chris was all over that board with these incredibly detailed, thoroughly researched, long form posts. And I remember thinking at 18 years old, thinking that that is what I have to do. So Chris, I don't know if you listen to this podcast, I doubt you do, but man, you really inspired me and I respect the hell out of your knowledge to this day. And I grew up on that same message board with his co-host, Alf and Simon, and those are the relationships that I think did sour a bit from then until now, but I still have so much respect for those guys and hopefully one day the four of us can cheers over a Lombardi trophy. There are others out there as well, and given the vitriol that I've received from some of them, we'll just go ahead and keep those relationships in the dirt for now. All right, guys, that's going to be my time. I'll have an announcement on what's next in a couple of weeks. I'm going to take some time off from football and kind of recharge and get this thing going. But again... I know for a fact that you will all like The Next Step for me and enjoy the ride as well. Another huge, huge thank you to all of you out there. But as for today's podcast, that that is going to be my time. You all, please be sure to subscribe to the podcast. Even after I leave, leave them a rating, leave them a review. You're going to get a good host in my place here on Locked On Dolphins. Check out the other Locked On Sports family of podcasts for all your local and national coverage of your favorite teams. Follow me on Twitter at WingfieldNFL. Follow the show at Locked LockedOnFit and keep up to date on the Daily Dolphins blog over at LockedOnDolphins.com you guys have a great rest of your night a great rest of your weekend, we'll talk to you in a couple weeks with no more editions of the Locked On Dolphins podcast your daily dose for Miami Dolphins football fins up everybody